Man, I'm glad you're here tonight. I'm glad you tuned in. You know, I'm telling you, God reigns over our lives. Amen, church? Yes, you listen to the news, you listen to everything else going on, man, you'll get depressed, you'll get discouraged, you'll think God's just, you know, rolled up the carpet and closed the doors and shut the windows and, and he's not there. But I'm telling you what, God is alive and well and moving. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Well, I want to give you something tonight that you can chew on and take home. Uh, I'm going to finish the, the, the message that I started here a couple of Wednesday nights ago about ministering to the Lord. Uh, I want to finish it tonight. And uh, so it's an interesting concept because most people don't get it. They don't understand that, they, you know, so many Christians just get saved. They, they make Jesus the Lord of their life and then that's it. They're just waiting to die. Go to heaven. But God didn't ever plan it like that. He said that you are priests. You're a kingdom of priests unto him. You're taking the place and the position of the old Levitical priesthood. You are, you're, you are to be ministering to the Lord. That's our job. That's what we're supposed to be doing. But, you know, that kind of gets, uh, gets put on the back burner with so many people that don't even understand what's going on. Well, you know, the first one I talked about was worship. I mean, you know. People go to churches, and I don't care what songs you sing. I don't care what the tempo is. That's not what matters. What matters is what you're saying from your heart to the Lord, your worship, right? Worship doesn't even have to be a song, right? Worship doesn't necessarily even have to be a song. We, we, we do it there, and then there's some songs, like I talked about, that I don't even think worship the Lord. But anyway, that's another whole message. So, but then the second thing we talked about was faith. Faith pleases God. We've got to have faith. We need to be faithful people who are full of faith, right? We need to approach everything in faith, and that pleases God. Then we talked about the ugly one that I know nobody likes to listen to. The third one is obedience, you know, uh, because bottom line is we as humans, we want to do what we want to do when we want to do it, how we want to do it. And we want God to bless it. And when he doesn't, then we're mad at God. But anyway... Then the fourth one was priorities, is souls. God's priority is souls. He cares about souls. All souls are important to God. God is grieving with what's going on in all parts of the world, not just Afghanistan and other places, but all parts of the world. People, Listen, folks, there are people dying right now everywhere. Do you understand that? And we get so focused sometimes in just our little American mentality and just our, our cities and just where, but across this world, there are people suffering, there are people dying, there are people hurting, there are people going to hell. And there are people going to heaven, right? And I talked about that some about, you know, to me, it's an amazing thing. Of what does heaven look like? What is taking place? Because there's this door. I'm saying it's a door, a portal, a hole, a gate, a something uh, that, that souls are going through continually. People are going through continually because people all over the world are dying. And eternity is becoming real to them. But I want to get into what the last one is tonight, Okay which you should have some fun with this one uh, because, um, I mean, it just, it, just, it just is fun, okay? So, it, but th there's a problem. And, and I've used this, and I know Doc probably gets so mad at me for, for using this, this deal. But, you know, I, I gave you the scripture, Hebrews 5.14 here a few weeks ago. It says, but solid food belongs to those who are a full age, that is, those who by reason have used their senses, exercise, exercise their senses to discern both good and evil. So I, I talked to you about, you know, you, you kind of have to exercise yourself, and we don't like exercise. I don't understand why the body needs exercise, but we don't like it. 
It has to come through the fallen nature of man. Is the only thing I can say. Because you can exercise, and yeah, if you work hard enough to that spot, you can get to a euphoric high from a runner's high or something like that. I don't reach that much. You know? But even, even in what I'm doing and, and, and trying to exercise and just walk my 30 minutes every day and all, I mean, it's amazing that, 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 that I'm walking and, and my brain starts already telling me, you know, it sure is hot today and you've sweated more and you did work a lot today, you know, and so maybe you can cut it short. I mean, it starts parlaying with me, you know, and I'm like, why do you do this? I'm not going to quit, you know, I'm not going to stop and, and I'm going to go forward and, but it's there, right? Well, the same thing is with the Word of God. There's so many times it's easier to be depressed. It's easier to whine. It's easier to cry. It's easier to have a pity party. It's easier just to go speak out of your mouth every uh, crazy thing that would come to you. Okay? But if we could exercise our senses and we could get ourselves to understand that one of the greatest things we can do in ministering to the Lord is what I'm calling boasting in the Lord. Okay? So go to Psalms 34. Psalms 34, 1. Yeah, get your Bibles out. I'm sorry. And go to Psalms 34.1. Now, I'm going to spend all night in this, this one Psalms. And, uh, but <clears throat> Psalms 34.1, it starts out, it says, We will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall, what's that word? Continually, huh. continually be in my mouth. How long is Continually. It'd be all time, right? Continually would mean it's always coming out of your mouth. So David found a secret in, work, in, in, in walking with the Lord. He found something that, that, you know, I mean, David was pretty crazy, right? Remember when they brought the ark in and he was out weeping and a jumping and a looping and a doing all the dance before the deal. And his wife was like, shameful for the king to be acting like that. But David had this relationship with the Lord that, that, that man, he got excited about the things of God. He got excited about being with God and he didn't care what man thought of him. He just cared of what God thought of him. And so he says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. It's boast in the Lord. Now, boasting means exactly what you would think boasting means. It's two kids on a playground. And the one says to the other, my daddy can whip your daddy. And the other kids, no, he can't. My daddy can whip your daddy. That's truly what this word means. It means boasting in the Lord. It means going and declaring how good God is. It means, it means walking around and, and taking your life. You can sit down and you can let the devil tell you that it, it's not going to work out. You're going to go broke. It's not going to happen. You're not going to get the job. Or you're, you know, whatever, 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 right? Or you can stand up and you can boast in the Lord. I said this, I think, Sunday, but that, that kid's song that, that just ingrained in my head, my Lord, my, my God is so big, so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. Boom, boom. And I used to sing that with the kids all the time. We'd walk around the house, and as a parent, I'd, you know, they were small, and, man, I'd go, and we'd march through the house, and we'd declare, make the declaration, you know, of how big our God is, our God. There's nothing our God cannot do. And then I'd look at my kids and say, there's nothing you can't do. That you can go do anything in life. You can be anything in life. Whatever you want to do in life, you can do it. God is with you. You're going to make it. I was boasting in the Lord. Okay? But look what this says. And we shall make our boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. So wait a minute. 
We're boasting in the Lord and the humble shall hear it and it makes them glad. Do you know that? Do you know if you boast in the Lord, if you go around and talk about how big God is and what God can do in the right manner? Now, that could be a wrong manner, okay? In other words, yeah, you're a heathen, you ain't gonna make you're gonna burn in hell and I'm gonna go to heaven because God's good, but you're bad. You know, yeah, that's yeah, 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 yeah. You ain't gonna win no friends over that message, right? But if you're going along and every person you say, you know, God can help you with that. You know, God can help you with that. God can God can fix that situation. If you just turn to him, he can do it. You know, do you, you know that God, my God's big. He can fix that. That's not that that's not too big. It's not out of God's hand. God's not, his hand's not short that he can't help you. He's the God of all flesh, and there's nothing too hard for him. That's boasting in the Lord. It's pleasing to the Lord, and it ministers to him. You want to get God moving in your household? You want to get God flowing in, in, in over your children and over your household and in your business? Boast in the Lord. Walk around and see how big he is. Now, I have always said I'd rather have a church that I had to pull y'all down off the walls because y'all were so crazy and just, you know, out there and, you know, believing for everything, then I would have a dead church. Right? And if I get to heaven and I was boasting in the Lord, and he said, well, Robert, I never was going to do that. I'd rather him say that than, Robert, why didn't you believe me? Okay? So he says, the humble shall hear it, and they're going to be glad. You're going to make people glad when you boast in the Lord. He said, oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. Man, the name of God. You know, I've always... And I understand this in one sense. You know, like when I was a kid growing up, I grew up in a denominational church. And, and you know, my parents went really, I would say, above average in attendance. And uh, so I was in the pew a lot. And, man, I was always getting jabbed in the ribs. I was always getting pinched. I was always, you know, that look, that, that stern look from my mother, like, <laughs> My sister and I were messing around, you know, and of course the church we went into had old wooden pews in it, you know, so you, you as a kid, you just move a little bit. And so we're over there and she's just wanting to thrash us, you know. But for my whole life, I grew up thinking that you should be quiet in church, that you shouldn't be for sure boastful. Surely, you know, it's just holy reverence. God's in the house. Don't move. You know, he just might kill you. <laughs> Are y'all with me? Yeah. Yeah, you said I went to that church. You know, I, I, I know. It's just, and nobody was, they were doing it because that was the theology had, they had at the time. That's what they were, 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 you know, it was all stemming from all of that. And so, <laughs> you know, when I came to the first, like, charismatic Pentecostal kind of church and everybody's up shouting and yelling and clapping and going on. I was like, man, I kind of like this, you know, this, this is more my style. I'm not telling anybody in here to be quiet, you know, but there's something about us that if we're taught that and that's ingrained in us, we have a hard time vocalizing and making declarations and, and speaking out and praying out loud because everything becomes internalized and it's like, you know, you just get in the corner and you just, you know, put your hands together and whisper to the Lord and, and you know, you're quiet. But God doesn't want us to be quiet, folks. He wants us to be loud. He wants us to boast in the Lord. And I'm going to tell you something. 
this message, I, I pray, stirs you tonight enough that you will start doing some radical things at your own home. Because I'm telling you what, you need to walk around your house. You need to walk around your house and boast in the Lord. Now, you know, you make those declarations, you, you shout, and God starts showing up because, you see, you're ministering to the Lord. It's literally your duty. It's not really an option. You're a priest of the Lord, and this is ministering to him. It's you're actually your duty. So you get points taken away if you're quiet. No golden stars on your line. Let us exalt this name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me. Wow. When you start boasting in the Lord and you're making declarations around your house, when you're doing that, you know, you're ministering to the Lord, but it brings God close. And then the minute you need something or you start talking to him or you say, man, you seek the Lord. He's there. He delivered me from all my fears. Folks, the world is full of fear. Listen, I'm just telling you the craziness that's going on. And I'm just saying this. I'm not pointing fingers. I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm not trying to play politics here. I'm just saying, first, we went through the pandemic. Body bags, trucks, dead bodies everywhere was what was put out in front of people. They're going to literally bring, bring in trucks up here. Hospitals are going to be full. Beds are going to be full. Everybody's going to die. There's going to be dead bodies in the streets. It's going to be the worst thing you've ever seen in your life. And we went on, got on through it. There was a lot of people that died. There was a lot of people that got sick. Now, you know, then this had to come and then that had to come. And now the variants here and then this is here. Folks, you can live in fear. You can live in faith. And you can walk around and boast in the Lord. But I'm telling you, God wants to deliver you from all. Everybody say all. All, all your fears. Amen. That means the fear of you being found out that Something you did in the past might get revealed, found out, you know, the fear that the devil was. Have you ever noticed the devil? You know, he's pretty, pretty sneaky. He, I mean, it says the wiles of the devil. He's pretty wily. He's pretty sneaky. He'll come in and say something or do something or, you know, just I guarantee you what he'll do. Just any little thing. Right. Whew. I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he pulls some of them off. But he will just to torment you, just to get you in fear. But I've learned something over, over the years of serving the Lord. I've learned that all of the fears that the devil tries to put upon me, if I will just pray and boast in the Lord, they never come to pass. So why worry about it beforehand? You know what I'm saying? Jesus said, worry is not going to make any, make any taller. But I'm just saying they come up and you look at a situation and you're like, ah, Oh my gosh, what if this happens and then that happens and then this happens and that and then this and that and you can sit around and you can worry all the time. But I'm telling you, if you boast in the Lord, you pray, you speak the word of God over your life. Those things don't come to pass. God somehow hears your prayers. Well, I don't mean somehow. He hears your prayers. Right. And then he starts working in those situations when you're not even looking. And he starts working things out. And I have felt I've been embarrassed so many times of something that I worried about, but then I took it to prayer, and I worried about it even while I was in prayer, and then it all came to pass 
And none of that stuff I worried about was even there. God had already delivered me, but I had worried about it and I felt embarrassed. I was like, God, yeah, I'm sorry, Lord. Why was I even, why did I even waste a time on this? Why did I even listen to the devil? Let him even work in my head. Why did I put up with this? Why did I go into this? Well, gosh, you know, if, what if, man, playing what if's a dangerous game. What if is a dangerous game? What if this happens? What if they say this? Well, what if that happens? And what if I go get this test and then that happens? And what if this? And what about this? And folks, I'm telling you, if you live like that, you're going to be miserable. But if you learn to just boast in the Lord and walk around and say, my God is so big. He's so strong and so mighty. Ain't nothing my God can't do. I don't know how you're going to deliver me from this, Lord, but you're going to deliver me from this because you said you're a God that's my deliverer. And just walk around like that. Lord, I don't feel healed, but bless God, you said you're healing me. Because if you're moved by feelings, then you're not going to be moved by faith. Okay? It says, look at this. And I delivered them from all their fears. They looked to him. Look, they looked to him. They looked to him, not to fear. They looked to him. And what happened? And they became radiant. I don't know how many times I've been through a situation that turmoil was going, my brain was going, turmoil was going, and I began to pray, and I began to pray, and I immediately felt relief, okay? And so I felt some relief, and then I stopped. Went on about my work, and then in a minute, here it comes back, and then I didn't catch it. And I let myself worry, let myself brain going through, going all and then I'd stop. Whoa, what am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? Right? It would be so much better just to just have it going right at first. Just walking around that you just became so boastful. The Lord, the devil has to go back to hell and say, I, I can't do anything. I know you sent me to torment, but I can't do anything. Because every time I try to get around him, he's over there boasting about the Lord. But we let ourselves, we torment ourselves because we don't stop and we don't boast in the Lord. And become radiant. And their faces were not ashamed. Folks, I'm listening to me. I want, I want to. I'll just go out there because it's not a very big limb I'm going out on. I can tell each and every one of that if you pray and you ask Jesus and you pray according to his will, he's going to hear your prayers. And when he hears your prayers, he's going to move on your behalf. And if God doesn't move on your behalf, you didn't pray according to his will and something happened because God hears your prayers. And you may be in a situation and going on and saying, yeah, but if that's true, then why didn't you do this? And why didn't God do that? And why? Listen, you need to get in that place of trust. You need to get in that place of faith. And you need to get in that place of boasting in the Lord, ministering to him. And you watch what God will reveal to you. Your car may not have started because you didn't need to go where you were going. Y'all ever think about that? And you might have got out and kicked it and. Prayed over it and cussed it and said, Lord, I'm going to be late. There may have been a reason. The poor man cried out and the Lord heard him and he saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. Folks, there is supernatural things going on in a Christian's life when they're walking around boasting in the Lord. There are angels in here tonight. I don't see them, but they're in here. You know why? Because it says they encamp around us. So I don't know what happens when we come to church like this. I mean, your angels, my angels all mingling and mixing and <laughs> leaning over there against the wall talking about, yeah, you talk about a mess. 
You think yours is trouble, man. I take care of that guy all day long. Keep him out of a storm. I mean, I don't know. I mean, because they're not just standing around in position ready to attack. I don't know. I mean, maybe they are. But I'm just saying, maybe they're visiting over here in the corner. But I'm saying they encamp around about us. Here we go. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Those are physical things. Now, you might be like me. I whacked off the end of my thumb with a knife, let it slip, and, and, and I had it all wrapped up, and I, I'm, I did my normal uh, blue towel and, and electrical tape, and then after I moved on, it helped to look a little more better. And, and I put this bandage on and had it taped up, and I kept sitting there, I kept getting this whiff, this, this sweet fragrance, and I... I said, Lord, are you just here with me? Am I, I mean, is it, oh, taste and see, is it, you know, smelling the fragrance of the Lord? And then I kept smelling, kept smelling, you know, and every now and then I, I'd get that whiff, and then, and then I was like, smell that thing. I was like, man, that thing got some perfume on it or something from Laura's drawer. I was like, hey, this is, it's not, it's, it's my wife. It's not, it's not the Lord. Oh, well. So, I mean, sometimes you can get a little crazy, but, I mean, I'd rather have you radical and out there, you know, than just... Uh, Sitting at home, not believing anything. But he says, oh, taste it. See, God wants you to know how good he is. Listen to me. God wants you to know, wants you to know how good he is. All right? Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you as saints. There is no want to those who fear him. No want to those who fear him. I used to pray scriptures when I first started out with the Lord years and years ago, and I didn't really have a good understanding. And I, and, and I said, Lord, here it says that I'd have no want, but I got want. You know? Now looking back in hindsight, it's always easier to look backwards than it is forwards. And I realized how many times God was there to deliver me. God was there to show me something. God was there to build me. God was there to bless me. He was right there with me. I couldn't see him because I was looking in the wrong place. You know? Where am I? There is no want to those who fear him. The young, the young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack of any good things. Folks, this is either true, it's either the living word of God, or it's a lie. And if it says here, God wants you to not lack any good thing in life, well, then I'm telling you, God wants to bless you. God wants to pour upon you. You've got to get the religious thinking out of your heads that, you know, God may be wanting you to suffer. Or this, is the, this is the garbage that keeps you from boasting in the Lord. He goes on and he says, Come, you children, listen to me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Now, this is important. He said, I want to teach you the fear of the Lord. Who is the man who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? So he tells us. What to do? Keep your tongue from evil. So all of a sudden, David changes in this psalm from being a song talking about the declaration of the Lord and boasting of the Lord. And he said, look, use your tongue for good. Use your tongue for boasting in the Lord. Don't use your tongue for evil. Don't put doubt and unbelief off your lips. Don't put the, the wiles, the, the, the wicked schemes that the enemy is throwing at you. Don't give it voice. Okay? 
Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. You know, I was sometimes I sometimes I think I know what a word means. I don't know if y'all are very, maybe y'all are just more highly educated than I am. Sometimes I think I know what a word means until I look it up in the dictionary. And then I look it up in the dictionary and I say, hmm, that word doesn't mean quite what I thought that word meant. All right? The word deceit, in just the Webster's Dictionary, it means the act of causing someone to accept as true or valid what is false or invalid. I want to read that again. The act of causing someone to accept as true or valid what is false or invalid. That's really what the word deceit means. So in other words, it means you saying something out of your mouth, and this is what got me on this, saying something out of your mouth that ends up being deceitful to yourself. Think about that. Because if you're speaking out of your mouth, I'm stupid, I'm never going to make it. You're literally speaking deceit out of your mouth to yourself. Besides saying it's somebody else. But you start deceiving yourself. Your own tongue is listening to you. Or your own tongue is speaking deceit and you're listening to it. Don't put voice to the enemy. Boast in the Lord. He goes on and he says, depart from evil and do good. Well, that, that's pretty easy, right? Seek peace and pursue it. Man, that is a big one. Because so many times, my wife and I talk about this all the time. It's, it, it's just one of those things that so real to us, and we don't want to, we don't want, you know, we're, we're always constantly looking at ourselves to make sure we're not doing that, is walking around with a judge's robe and a gavel in our hand, or trying to make war, because you want to be justified. It's no, there's no peace in that. There's no peace in that. The greatest place to be is in the Lord and just backing up and saying, God, I love you. I boast, I, and I'm just praising you. You're the God that makes everything work out for my good. You are the God who blesses me. Now your mouth's working right. Now you're seeking peace. Now you're just, whoa, man, you're pursuing the Lord. You're doing what he said. You're ministering to him, and you're going to see something happen. He goes back, and he, then he goes, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. And his ear is open to their cry. We forget, church, sometimes how God is, is connected to us at all times. If you're hurting tonight and you're, you're discouraged or you're, you're, you're sick or you're whatever, listen to me. God sees you right where you are. He's wanting you to turn to him. And when you do, God is there. He's there. His ears open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry out, the Lord hears, and delivers them out of all their trouble. These, I mean, come on, folks. It's just black and white. It's a, it's a process. You pray, you cry out to him, he hears, and you get delivered. I'm telling you, I'm going to say this again. Because I was, I was making a mistake the other day because I had a new set of calipers that measure distance, okay? And they're digital. And I got these things and I measured some, some things. 
I was actually measuring the length of a shell, okay? So I was telling you, I was reloading some shells, and I was measuring the length of a shell, and it needed to be down exact. It needed to be perfect. And I'm measuring the length of the shell, and I wrote it all down in my book so I'd have notes. I got me a notebook. I wrote it all down so I'd keep it, so I'd have exactly every this stuff in there. So when I needed to reload a shell, I'd just flip that book over, boom, bada bing, there it was, right? And then I got to noticing that it didn't, it, it didn't seem like it was measuring right. And what had happened was is I wasn't used to this set of calipers and the zeroing mechanism was a little bitty button and I kept pushing it with my finger every time I was closing and the, the, the calipers open and I had zeroed it wrong. So when it closed, it showed numbers. Then I measured everything and it added those numbers to my measurement. And so then I wrote all those numbers down thinking I was right. Hear this, this is so good. Oh, maybe it's just good for me, but I'm telling you, it's a, it's a visual that changed me right there. I stood right in front of my reloading bench and said, oh my Lord, I see what happens. Because I wrote the wrong numbers down, believing that the numbers I put down was truth. But it wasn't until I realized that the calipers were not zeroed, did I realize all of my measurements were wrong. And I found another one today that I had done that to. So I'm like, I've got to go through everything and redo it because I have non-truths. And when God is trying to say us, we have to go through our hearts. We have to look at things all the time because we may not have measured it right. We may not have all the information to understand right. But so many people are quick to judge God and say, God didn't do this, or God didn't do that, or they did this, or he did that, or this is this, or I don't know why this is that, because you may have the wrong measurement. My goodness. It was such a revelation to me. I just stopped and I said, oh, God, what else is in my life besides I've mismeasured all of these shells? <laughs> what else is in my life that I don't have measured by truth? Because it says the Lord's near those who have a broken heart. And he saves such as of a contrite spirit. And if you don't have a broken heart and a contrite spirit, well, then you're not, you're not in the place to get re-zeroed. Re because you're not of a broken heart and of a contrite spirit. But the Lord says he's near. He's near. He's near. He's near those that are broken and contrite spirit. He's, I want to be near the Lord. Folks, listen to me. I don't want to be out there in the world. I don't want to. I don't even want to be right. I just want to be near the Lord. I don't want to be the most powerful man in the world. I don't want to be the president. Y'all with me? I just want to be near the Lord because if you're near the Lord, folks, everything's okay. I tell you, I am like the Apostle Paul. All the time I'm saying, Lord, to be, ab to be present with you is a whole lot better than being here. But if it's more advantageous that I stay here, well, then dadgummit, I'll do it but I don't really want to because folks to be in his presence, mm, just to be in his presence, the one who's right, the one who loves you, the one that cares for you. I mean, there's, there's nothing that can take its place. And I want to be there, a broken heart and a contrite spirit. It says many are the afflictions of the righteous. Okay, so if he wrote in there, many are the afflictions of the righteous, then we can't think that we're going to live in a, in a cursed world 
a fallen world that's not what it's supposed to be and not get touched by the, the yuck. But he says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. God's always going to make a way of escape. God's always going to make a way where there seems to be no way. The Bible promises us that God will get you out if you love him. Right? It says, but the Lord delivers him out of all of them. He guards all his bones. Not one of them shall be broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, but those who hate the righteous shall be condemned. The Lord redeems the soul of his servants, and none of those who trust in him shall be condemned. So I was thinking... I was just thinking of some scriptures and thinking of some people. Take Caleb in the Old Testament, Numbers 13. When they went in to spy out the land and they came back and they said, oh, man, we are, we're just grasshoppers in their sight. And Caleb said in, in Numbers 13, 30, he said, he quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession, for we're well able to overcome it. Why? Because he'd been boasting in the Lord. He knew what God would do. I'm telling you, when situations and circumstances come your way, if you immediately hit it head on with the word of God, you immediately say, man, God's well able to overcome that. God is well able to make a way where there seems to be no way. God is well able to take care of this situation. My God! And just go off. Then I'm telling you, you're winning the battle right there. How about Psalms 118.6? David declared again, the Lord's on my side. I will not fear what man can do to me. That's boasting in the Lord. Now, you know, a lot of times, ladies, God bless you, we're big at putting up signs, you know, in the house. Well, what do you call them? You know, like poster a board that says, you know, Jesus loves you or, or, you know, do not fear. Framed things. How about that? I, are you with me? Framed <laughs> sayings and stuff. That goes along with decorative pillows on the bed that you don't do anything with. Men, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a sport. We're gonna start a sport of the the no the the throwing of the decorative pillows. It's a decorative pillow throwing contest. Because that's a deal to get it off the bed over to the corner and not knock anything down. But uh y'all got me all lost now, that guy. What was it talking about? Frame things. Okay, so we're really big sometimes about putting it up and it's just there and you may walk by and you look at it. But folks, there's a big difference in walking by and looking at a frame saying on your wall and walking around saying it. So make a habit of whatever's hanging on there. Say it. Make your boast in the Lord. All right. Okay. Uh, then, you, then you got the Apostle Paul, Romans 831. What shall we say to these things? Right? If God be for us, who can be against us? So when things come at you, boast in the Lord and say, man, he's the God of all flesh. Ain't nothing too hard for him. My daddy can whip your daddy. Right? And then how about, this is a, this is a real good one right now. Psalms 91.7. A thousand will fall at my side and 10,000 at my right hand, but they ain't coming nigh me. I think that one's a real appropriate one for the time we're in right now. All right? But make your boast in the Lord. Create your whole house as just let the word go out of your mouth and into the, 
to the, to the spirit realm right in your house and just boast in the Lord and watch what God starts doing for you. Cut all the naysaying out. Cut all the whining out. Cut all the pity parties out. Cut all the woe is me. And start saying, man, I am so blessed. I am so glad I'm saved. I'm so glad that you saved me, Lord. And God, you can do anything. Lord, you're the God that moves mountains. You're the God that heals my body. You're the God that sets me free. You're the God that's, that makes me the head, not the tail, above and not beneath. Boast, boast in the Lord. And the whole time you're doing it, just realize your words are going up and they're ministering to the Lord. Amen? Be vocal. Be loud. Don't sit at home and whisper things to the Lord. Go outside. Practice. I'm telling y'all, before I ever preached a message, I had walked a million miles on my back porch and preached, preached, and preached, and preached to the dog. I'd make the dog sit down there. I'd preach to the dog. I'd preach to anything else that was around there. I'd stand up there. I'd give an altar call. I'd turn around, walk up to the altar, get saved myself. I played both parts. I'd lead myself to the Lord all the time. And I mean, I know God laughed at watching me. But I'm telling you, it changed my life. And so you start attacking these things. Start declaring, don't let the devil get a, a foothold in your life. Don't let him discourage you. Don't let him dismay you. Don't let him stress you. Don't let him paint pictures for you that are not lining up with what the Word of God says. Amen? Amen. So praise God. So let me pray for you, because y'all have got a busy night to go home, do some shouting. Do some boasting. I mean, y'all are good at it anyway. Boasting. <laughs> Went out fishing. How big was it? I think it's huge. Couldn't hardly get him in the boat. Almost turned the boat over when we got to get that thing in there. <laughs> Amen. So stand up. Let me pray for you and bless you tonight. I'm, I'm telling you, everyone out there listening and watching, God bless you. I want, to, I want you to know your, your faithful tithes, your offerings are going in. We're still reaching people around the world no matter what's going on. We're reaching people around the world. We're doing everything that we possibly can. We're, 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 we're our, our blessing and blessing and we will not be stopped. And so I just, I'm going to pray over your finances tonight. I'm going to pray over your lives. I'm going to pray over your, your boasting abilities. And so, Father, I just declare it tonight. We are going to be boasters in the Lord. We are going to be people who just shout the praises of God at all times. I declare, Lord God, tonight that there's just an anointing that comes on the people that just make them boastful, make them declaring and appreciative of everything you've done for us, Lord. But just, just to, their whole ch houses change, their, their lives change, their businesses change. Everything changes, Lord, because this, this new method of ministering to you comes into their lives and as they do this, Lord, their houses, the whole spirit of their houses change over their children, over everything that's going on, that they're just declaring, God, what you can do for us. And so, Lord, we want to minister to you. We thank you for this opportunity we have to be priests. And Lord, I ask you to bless the people, bless their finances, bless their giving. Lord, through all the times that are going on, we will not walk in fear because, God, you're our financier. You're going to take care of it all. So bless them, Lord. We just give you praise for it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Hey, God bless you, church.